We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. We used to get go to the fish and chip shop, and there's always like a few green ones. And Teddy used to tell me that if there was a green one, then the, the green-fingered chip men had been in and poisoned the whole batch. <laughs> and But only Teddy was immune, luckily. So I had to give him all my chips. I remember that. Um, so that was one of the first... I, I learned a lesson there. Right. That I was being conned. This is Death, Sex, and Money. I need a million dollars in cash. The show from WNYC about the things we think about a lot... I see dead people. ...and need to talk about more. What exactly does third base feel like? I'm Anna Sale. When Teddy Thompson was six years old, his parents split up. His parents were the British folk rock duo Linda and Richard Thompson... And the end of their marriage had a soundtrack. It was their last album together, called Shoot Out the Lights. I think she was pregnant with me at the time, so I, yeah, there's some sort of amniotic uh, osmosis of stress. And <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that made you the mess that you are. All my drinking and drug taking is just <laughs> completely valid. Tammy Thompson never knew her parents as a couple. She was born as they were breaking up. Now she's 32 years old. Her big brother, Teddy, is 38. She lives in the UK. He lives in New York. But they were both here in town to play a few shows together and came to our studio with their instruments. Um, Should we play something? Last year, Teddy got the family together, including their mother and father, to make an album. It's called Family. It's That's what I wanted to talk to them about. Not their parents' rock and roll divorce four decades ago, but their family now. Particularly their relationship as siblings. It comes up in the album's title song. My elder sister is prettier than you'd believe. My younger sister is prettier still and can sing. And I am the middle child, the boy with red hair and no smile, not too secure, very unsure to be. Cammy, when you first heard it, the song Family, how did you feel? Impressed. Deeply. <laughs> I'll answer that. <laughs> Amazed. Um, I, I thought I thought it was uh, a good payoff for a fuse of therapy, really. I, 
If you have a brother or sister, Teddy and Cammie's back and forth might sound familiar. That sparring by instinct with this person you know so intimately. You share this history. And then as you get older, you realize this person with the same parents is turning out so different. Because the way you think about your siblings can be stuck in childhood. Your childhood. Cammie was... um was um uh, you know if you will like kind of a little bit of like the symbol of of divorce to me yeah yeah. Were going, and you know it's, it's sort of having cammy was the child that came along and of course it wasn't exactly this way but it was like cammy came along and my parents split up like oh, oh, pretty much simultaneously yeah right yeah there's some interesting timing <laughs> yeah 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 I mean, I don't remember having any resentment towards Cammy at all from the beginning. I just remember sort of having a vague notion of like there was there was this big change, and Cammy was part of the big change. You know, there was something there something was lost, and and something was gained. But then I went away. I would have gone to boarding school, I guess, when you were like five or something. Yeah, and then and then I lived I lived with our grandmother. Yeah. And then we try, We basically tried to spend as little time together as possible until quite recently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we didn't yes. spend a lot. You and know, then yeah. you moved to America. And then 18. I moved to America, yeah, and when, when Cammy would have been like 12 or 13. So um, Cammy was still, you know, um, like she was still a baby in my mind until she was about 20 because <laughs> I left when she was a baby, yeah. you know, pretty much. And then at one point I came back to England for a visit and she was like drinking at the pub and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> You're a baby, stop doing that. Um I, don't, I felt like I didn't get anything. You know, we never fought as kids because there was yeah. just there was a sort of buffer where there was no. I would get sent to the shops for things, uh, <laughs> Kit Kats and Diet Cokes mm. and cigarettes. And mm. you would go. We did that to my little sister too. Yeah, yeah she would I be was, so excited to help. I was the, the, the running the running boy for mm. years, and then and then it's and then it stopped. Yeah. How much were you? Did you live with your father? Never, never did. No, we de- we definitely didn't. You know, I they split up when I was six and a half, and um, no, and that was it. You know, we lived with my mum and my stepdad. My mum remarried, and we saw my dad. You know, the usual kind of weekends and holidays and stuff, and probably and a bit less than most people would, even in that respect, because you know he was was and is a touring musician so it wasn't every weekend he'd be gone for a lot long periods of time he had to work and he was um he remarried a californian and was was spending a lot of time in california so we didn't see him much and cammy yeah didn't didn't live with him at all they they were split up from the beginning of, of your life yeah i mean I, i've always had four parents mm. uh, so yeah yeah because your parents were divorced but they were married to the same people throughout all of your life that yeah, you remember. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine my parents married. It seems the most absurd union <laughs> of people on the unit. I, I can't imagine them in a room together for more than an hour. That They'd come to blows. And growing up, did you learn about the divorce kind of much later? I mean, Teddy lived it, and you weren't really conscious of what was happening in your parents' Not relationship. Really, I, mean, I was sort of knew about it. Um, and... You know, yeah, I knew, I knew Dad was reticent about talk. You know, that was never brought up. You know, I knew that was he definitely, maybe still does. You know, feel guilty for for leaving a family. I mean, I think that's a, a difficult decision to make and live with. Um, but it wasn't 
It was just, it's just part of, uh, you know, the family folklore for me. I, I see it more as, as something I, I now view as an adult and go, oh, okay, right, interesting. I'm an adult now and I look at it and go, okay, would I have done that? Would I have done this? You know, I, I view it from, from those eyes. I long for lonely Wherever it's gone Out of my life Somewhere far Teddy, do you remember your parents' divorce as a moment when you felt split or as a moment when you felt aligned with one parent or the other? I felt very split, very ambivalent is the, is the, is the word. It's very, it's, it's, um, and it, uh, it pervades, you know, it's a really, it's a tricky thing because it really does, I really do feel that sort of um, being torn between both parents, um, feeling in, in other areas of my life. It's a very powerful um, um, emotion, you know, I I don't have any memories of that time. I I pretty much don't have any memories from the from the time of the divorce for about three years afterwards. I have no childhood memories because I I sort of shut down because that was the, the way I could deal with it was to kind of put my fingers in my ears and close my eyes and go la 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 la. I don't want to think about this. So um so I did kind of just shut down. But I do remember before that um the those feelings of like of you know, being standing between two parents, if you will, not not literally, but like I don't know which one, where, which way to go, and that's that's not a nice feeling. What do you remember your brother teaching you when you were growing up? Teddy was great. Teddy definitely filled you know, a, a man role in my life. Uh, you know, Teddy was, was the first person who, you know, told me I was playing a bum note and like you know how to keep time and you know all the stuff that you that you really want someone to help you with. You know, Dad's rubbish at that. You could be playing a different song. <laughs> And with dad, and, and you get to the end and go, yeah, fine, next. And you go, but I, I know I'm doing it wrong. Help. <laughs> um, so I learned a lot, you know, that I learned so much from Teddy, definitely uh, musically, which has, been, which has been really important to me. And Do you remember a time when your little sister called you and you had to give her advice? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know how useful I was as, you know, like the big brother called, call me when you're in trouble kind of thing. But I think um, I, at least I showed you how to plug in a guitar ch- cable yeah. into a tuner. Yeah. <laughs> you turned out to be very important uh, in yeah. your family. How apt yes. is that, that I taught you nothing about life, but something about, you know, music. That's, yeah. Oh, well. Coming up, how making this family album changed some long-standing Thompson family dynamics. It started with gathering scattered family snapshots for the album cover. It was it was a struggle to find them. I was, you know, like, call my mum, do you have any pictures? Oh, I don't know where those photo albums are. And then she's like, oh, all right, well, let me go and see That's if I can. That's what else you used to do to me when I was little. You'd go and hide all the p- pictures of me when I was a baby. And you'd go, you're adopted. There's no baby pictures of you. I didn't do that. <laughs> you, did. you did. go, you won't find any. And I'd run tearing around the house. I remember coming down crying once, going, you're right. 
Oh, God, sorry about that. <laughs> Maybe that's why there were so few when we came to look for them. Maybe I'd, I'd probably be flushed, them down. flushed a lot of them down the toilet when you were two. I have some stories like this. My little sister was born after we moved into a bigger house, and I used to tell her that she never would have been born if my parents didn't have a room to fill. Sorry, Mary. These are the ways we torment our siblings as kids. As adults, it's much less direct, but can be even more emotional. I've got four sisters, and we're close, but we live far from each other, and our lives look more and more different as we age. That can be a minefield for feeling judged or judgmental. That's the next set of stories I want to hear from you, about you and your siblings as adults. What's changed in your relationship as you've grown up? And what hasn't changed at all since you were kids? I know it's hardest for me to be mature when it comes to my sisters. Email your sibling story to deathsexmoney at wnyc.org. Or it's best if you have a smartphone, record yourself telling your story into the voice memo app and email that in, deathsexmoney at wnyc.org. On the next episode, your stories about being cheated on and cheating. I just want to throw some love out there to the cheaters. Um, not because I support you and your decision to cheat, but because I understand how isolating and lonely it can be and how, how much you have to fight to crawl out of whatever hole you dug yourself in. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hi, I'm Debbie Melman, and I host a podcast called Design Matters from the TED Audio Collective. Every episode, I have conversations with designers, writers, artists, and other luminaries of contemporary thought. People like Roman Mars, Ai Weiwei, Ethan Hawke, and Ashley Ford. We not only talk about their crafts, but how they design the arc of their lives, what they've learned, what obstacles they've overcome and how they've done it, and how they see the world. Join us for an inquiry into the broader world of creative culture. Find and follow Design Matters with Debbie Millman wherever you're listening to this. Hey, I want to tell you about a podcast that I really enjoy called Search Engine. It's hosted by PJ Vogt, and each week he and his team answer these perfect questions. The kinds of questions that you ask at a dinner party and totally derail the conversation. Like, episodes include, when do you know it's time to stop drinking? Does anyone like their job? How do you survive fame with Molly Ringwald? 
what are we going to do with all these cats? About feral cats and how they affect nature. And wait, is it unsafe to drink the water on airplanes? No, but you should definitely listen to the episode to find out more. I love listening to this show, and I usually find myself smiling the whole way through. And there's also at least one moment each episode where there's a line of writing that makes me hit pause and rewind just to admire the turn of phrase. If you find this world bewildering, but also sometimes enjoy being bewildered by it, check out Search Engine. It's available wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. I'm Anna Sale. Cammie Thompson can't remember her parents playing music together when they were a couple. But now that she's grown, she's getting a sense of what that's like. She's in a band now with her husband, James Walborn, called The Rails. At their wedding in 2012, the whole Thompson clan gathered to play music and celebrate. Doing the seating plan was a bitch. Um, yeah, that actually, doing the top table was really difficult. There was no, there was no way of doing it. Not that anyone would have a difficult... I just sort of wanted everyone to just be able to relax and have a nice time. And our, our, my immediate family is so extended. with so many people. I ended up sitting uh, with my husband and our maid of honour and best man at a miniature table of four in the middle of everyone, just to make it easy. <laughs> it that tells solution. me a lot about you. <laughs> I'm an island. You and your husband are now in the rails. You have your own band. Yeah, we do. So you were a traveling married couple, musical oh, I know. team. Freud calling. Yeah, and you make jokes about it. Like, yeah. what do you, what do you, what do you make of that choice? I, I, I mean, it's so odd. Um, I don't sit down and pick at it for too long, in case, in case I come to some sort of weird, you know, Oedipal horrible realisation. Who knows? Do you want me to explain it to you? Because no. I've done loads. Of, I've, I've been to this. I can, I can... No! No! Shh! And Teddy, you have this really interesting line in the song Family about how you've gotten close to family. Mm-hmm. I've come very close to a family of my own. I thought I could just let it come to me as I am But you gotta know how to choose Happiness over the blues Light over dark Willing to start something new What what were you saying? What are you saying in that line? Um, Just what I said, I have come close and then not which is distressing you know there are you know it's just lots of people have been through it you know you, or you kind of almost do it and then you don't and then you know I've almost done it a few times but um, it becomes you know the older you get when you get to a certain age it happens and you're like whoa now it's really that maybe that was the last chance kind of thing you know and was that the right person and was that the right situation there's a lot of uh when you're if you're 20 or 25 you're like well there'll be other chances and then when you're 38 you're like well will there be other chances and um you know it's sad i think the line continues and i think it's the 
just a perfect encapsulation of what I think a lot of kids of divorce go through, mm. that you have to find a way to believe there's potential to have a new kind of family than the one you knew. That Yeah, I think it's more just the ability to, um, uh, you know, for lack of a less uh, self-helpy um, phrase, to choose happiness or to choose something. It's, and the idea that that it's um that it can just happen to you one day and like when things will change and things will get better is you realize is not really the case for most of the, most of the time um you have to actually make a conscious effort to say this is what I'm going to do I'm going to choose to do this and choose and that's what's very hard for me to do is to make choices I've always been the type to just let things happen to me um, rather than to make a choice and pursue it. So why did you want to make this album? Because I think in retrospect I was, you know, having a hard time in my own life and I was sort of looking for something. I was trying, I was looking for a bit of family support, I think, and I kind of left family behind in a lot of ways 20 years ago and didn't want to be close to my family or too close to my family. And, uh, and then I reached a point where I realized that I think that I needed some family. I needed some support. In your family, it's this contrast of going on stage and singing the most raw emotional songs, and then you're saying not a lot of conversation about what's actually happened in your family. I mean, does it feel like that to you? Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I think it does. That's what musicians but I think tend that's to what, do. Yeah. I mean, musicians are quite, uh, you know, you're always sort of watching and, and processing and, and then you go and you write and you don't even know that you're having certain feelings until you go and write a song and you go oh right that's how I feel about that uh, it's that that's the reveal moment for me with a lot of things uh, I don't think it would f ever seem natural to sort of try and pinpoint an emotion have a discussion about it with the family and then mm. move on you you recorded these songs mostly separately and then you have to do a promotional tour where you're going around talking about all of your family dynamics that you it sounds like you haven't talked a lot about directly to each other. What's it been like with the album completed? Like, has anything shifted in your family? I didn't. First of all, I really, truly um, must have just shut out the what how this was going to go. I really didn't think about having to do things like this and talk about it. So um, I was a bit, you know, when this when we had to start doing interviews and I was a bit, there were some uncomfortable moments that I wasn't really prepared for. I mean, like I did an interview with my dad on another show and I was, and I, you know, of course they asked him some questions and I was like, I felt bad, you know, and I was like putting him on the spot in a way. I mean, I kind of felt a bit guilty about doing that to him. But then, of course, you know, I also feel angry at him for some things that happened a long time ago. So I'm kind of, there's a bit of that. But um, but it helped me in in some way to see, you know, his reaction to that was 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 in a way good for me because I he didn't handle it very well, I would say. And he changed the subject very quickly and tried to sort of laugh it off. And which, which um, 
I know that that's the, he, he, he felt uncomfortable, you know, and, uh, and there's something sort of, it's good for me to be reminded that my dad's not good at everything, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> you know, so it was, it was nice to go, oh, you know, he's human too. And he's like, this is an area of his life he's where he struggles. Yeah. He does struggle with that. And yeah, I've noticed a little bit, you know, we did some press stuff in London and we had like, you know, there were some moments where we had some, some laughs and some good times that, that were um that were sort of things we haven't we don't have much of with my dad because you know we didn't have him around when we were kids so i think people have been you know um i think there's been a little bit of healing a little bit here and there just little touches of it you know to be around each other and been a little bit of you know manufactured family time yeah. which is you know it's it's something and cammy what's it been like for you um fine yeah Don't know, really, yes. Gig's a gig. Cammie and Teddy Thompson, musicians and siblings with very different takes on their family band. You can hear two songs they recorded in our studio, along with their nephew Zach Hobbs, on our website at deathsexmoney.org. Their album Family came out last November. Lots of family members play on it, so look for it under the artist's name, Thompson. The Rails, Cammie's band with her husband, has their debut album out now. Death, Sex, and Money is a production of WNYC. The team includes Katie Bishop, Emily Botine, James Ramsey, Chris Bannon, Greg Rippon, Caitlin Pierce, and Zachary Mack. The Reverend John Delore and Steve Lewis wrote our theme music. Find us and follow us on Twitter. I'm at Anna Sale. The show is at Death, Sex, Money. And you have one more week to get your name in for the newsletter contest. If you're subscribed to our weekly newsletter by February 18th, you're entered to win a care package from us that will include three books off of our Death, Sex, Money reading list, plus a few other surprises. Go to deathsexmoney.org slash newsletter. You'll get our weekly email every Wednesday morning with audio recommendations and updates about the show. Plus, you might win. Finally, for those of you who are wondering when and whether to start a family, here's one last piece of Thompson family advice. My mom always says you can take kids more places than you can take a dog. So just get on with it. <laughs> what thing is that to say? That's the whole thing. Whenever, whenever I go, oh, kids, oh, seems like hard work. She goes, oh, you can take a baby more places than you can take a dog. That's her comeback line. I'm Anna Sale, and this is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hi, I'm Josh Levine. My podcast, The Queen, tells the story of Linda Taylor. She was a con artist, a kidnapper, and maybe even a murderer. She was also given the title The Welfare Queen, and her story was used by Ronald Reagan to justify slashing aid to the poor. Now, it's time to hear her real story. Over the course of four episodes, you'll find out what was done to Linda Taylor, what she did to others, and what was done in her name. The, the great lesson of this uh, for me is that 
people will come to their own conclusions based on what their prejudices are. Subscribe to The Queen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now.